0: Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Garrett Renan. This, e- this is episode nine, Shine Bright Like a Diamond. So one of the concepts behind the phrase, the deeper you go, the weirder it gets, is this uni- is the universal truth that there are always two sides to every story, at the very least, and that the story we are usually told is most often written by the winner, which is usually the person in charge or the person with the most money. This means that in order to find the truth, you usually have to dig a little deeper. You have to get past the surface layer of reality. A good example of this is the diamond. See, diamonds are are fascinating because they are the hardest known natural substance on earth. The only thing that can cut a diamond is another diamond. In addition, diamonds are also chemically resistant and have the highest thermal conductivity activity of, of any natural material. These properties make diamonds suitable for use as a cutting tool and other applications where durability is required. So from an industrial standpoint, diamonds have some real value and utility. But from a jewelry standpoint, the value of a diamond is utterly worthless. Sure, diamonds are sh- shiny and sparkly, but there are a lot of other gemstones that are just as beautiful. There are even man-made gems such as the cubic zirconia which looks so much like a diamond only professional jewelers can tell the difference. See here's a here's a true story. So about 10 years ago I used to do personal training for a successful jewelry store store owner. After years of being in the jewelry business, she made the decision to personally wear cubic zirconias instead of diamonds for two reasons. One, no one could tell the difference. She said, I can't even tell the difference and this is my profession. And two, cubic zirconias are karma-free. See, we've all heard the term blood diamond. Well, diamonds are considered a conflict mineral. The mining of diamonds has not only been associated with slave-like conditions, it has even led it has even led to violent wars. See, an estimated 3.7 million people have died in Angola, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Liberia, and Sierra Leone in conflicts fueled by diamonds, three point seven million people. let that sink in for a minute so anyway, from a jewelry standpoint, the only reason we are so obsessed with diamonds is because our society has become infected by one of the most successful successful marketing campaigns the world has ever known. See when it comes to running a business. Marketing is a necessary evil. I'm not saying marketing is bad, but make no mistake about it, marketing is all about persuasion. The most effective effective marketing campaigns get you to believe in an idea. The reason most of us purchase certain brand names is because we believe something about what that product represents. Maybe we believe that it represents our values or that it'll make us look more attractive, more successful, or more educated. Whatever idea we are buying into, good marketing affects beliefs, and beliefs affect our behavior. The point being, marketing can be extremely powerful and persuasive. So the initial idea that diamonds were selling was, a diamond is forever. This slogan started during the Great Depression. As I'm sure most of you are aware, times were really hard during the Depression. People needed money, so they started selling their diamonds. This caused two problems for the diamond industry. One, the supply of diamonds started to increase, which meant the value of diamonds began to decrease. In simple supply and demand. So the diamond company De Beers came up with the slogan. A diamond is free forever and created the diamond engagement ring. A marriage is supposed to last forever till death do us part, right? So associating the diamond with marriage was a brilliant tactic because it immediately devalued used diamonds. If a diamond is forever and a marriage is till death, then nobody would want a used engagement ring, but the story of diamonds is much more than just an effective marketing campaign. There's an entire business playbook created by the De Beers Corporation. So let's take a step back for a second. So The De Beers Corporation was founded in 1888, and from its inception until fairly recently, like the early 2000s, they managed to control anywhere from 80 to 90% of the diamond distribution. De Beers managed to do this by following a simple six-step plan. Control supply, limit distribution, create demand, link spending to success and love, define value, and use price as marketing. All right, so let's go over these six steps in a little bit more detail. So step one, control supply. Within just a few years... De Beers managed to buy out nearly all of its competitors and was in control of nearly 90% of the diamond supply. So step two, limit distribution. Well, see, they, they, because they own 90% of the diamonds, they stored most of their diamonds in a large warehouse, only releasing limited amounts, thus creating the illusion that diamonds were rare when in fact they were very abundant. So step three, Create demand De Beers created a huge marketing campaign using pop culture and celebrities Store, Stories ran in magazines, newspapers in newspapers that would stress the size of diamonds that celebrities presented to their loved ones, and the photographs would conspicuously show the glittering stone on the hand of, of a well-known woman of a well-known woman. They also used movies, for example, in the nineteen thirty nine movie Gone with the Wind. Rhett Butler says, well, what kind of ring would you like, my darling? Scarlett O'Hara says, oh, a diamond ring, and do buy a great big one. Rhett then says, you shall have the biggest and most vulgar ring in Atlanta. So De Beers' marketing plan worked extremely well. In the 1940s, just 10% of brides received a diamond engagement ring. However, by the 1990s, of the brides received a diamond engagement ring, thus increasing their diamond sales from $23 million in the 40s to $2.1 billion by the 1980s. So step four, link spending to success and love. Athletes, musicians, actors, entrepreneurs, Wall Street executives, they all love the bling. Because the more bling they have, the more successful we think they are. And what about love? How much should someone spend on a diamond engagement ring? I bet you know the answer. Well, it's two months salary, right? Never mind using that money for a down payment on a house or to take a trip of a lifetime. Instead, we now believe that we are supposed to spend 10000 to $20,000 on some worthless rock in order to express our love. Step five, define value. The De Beers Corporation came up with their own system to define the value of a diamond called the four Cs, which stand for cut, carrot, color, and clarity. They even issued certificates with the purchase of diamonds just so you would believe that the diamond you just spent two months' salary on had some value. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, certificate or not, that diamond has maybe half the value you think it does and that's if you're lucky most likely the real value is next to nothing if you don't believe me try selling your diamond so step 6 use market uh, use price as marketing diamonds are considered to be a Vemblin good named after the economist Economist Thorsten Veblen who introduced the term conspicuous consumption. Veblen goods are items that are that as the price increases, so does the demand. Examples of Veblen goods include expensive Swiss watches, designer handbags, certain wines, and luxury cars. They are in demand because they are expensive. Put simply, people who buy them want to show that they have style, class, money, and good taste. So our fascination with diamond jewelry is a direct result of a con game. Our beliefs about this particular rock have been shaped by nothing more than one of the most successful marketing and business plans ever created. That's it. We've all become victims to a business 101 class. We spend enormous amounts of money because we think this rock represents love, wealth, style, class, and success. Even worse than that, We are now worried about what other people would think. Imagine getting engaged or married and not having a diamond ring. What would everyone think? Ironically, after the engagement and wedding photos are posted on social media, most people don't wear their diamond rings in public because it's not practical to walk around with $20,000 on your finger. In fact, rings in general are not practical, especially if you're an active person, lifting weight, doing martial arts, or if you work in an industrial environment. A metal ring can get caught on a lot of things, and to say the results are horrible is, is an understatement. If you don't believe me, just type in ring avulsion into Google Images, but don't say I didn't warn you. See, because ring avulsions is such a real danger, many companies now make rubber rings. Rubber rings are huge with fitness enthusiasts, martial arts practitioners, military, law enforcement, firefighters, and anyone else who actually uses their hands on a day-to-day basis. Oh, (laughs) Oh, the irony, right? See, we spend tens of thousands of dollars on a ring. Take a few photos, show all our friends and family, only to wear a piece of $40 rubber on our finger. I'm not making fun of rubber rings. In fact, I think they're great. There's nothing wrong with expressing your love to another person with a symbol. But just remember what's more important. The symbol is way more important than the price tag. Alright, see you on the other side.